And we're live, I think. Uh, yes, hit me up in the chat just to check if I am live. If you're listening on Laws of Pain Radio, there should be a little like comment speech bubbly kind of thing which you can click on and it will show you everything. Uh, as you can tell, I'm an English chap. I am not Southern Stephen Bale. <laughs> I don't know what that accent was. Uh, but yes, so I was meant to be a little turn of events. Uh, Steve's been having massive problems getting Spreaker to work in his world. So I offered to run it on my computer and just add him in via Skype. That that way he could do the call and I'd just be in the background playing Crash Nitro Kart. <laughs> Something like that. While listening to Steve talk about the recent WWE show. However, after posting that, weirdly... He's all the way over in Texas, I'm over here in Nottingham, England. We both had thunderstorms and started shitting ourselves <laughs> a little bit. Uh, over here, our thunderstorms are more of a, ooh, a light tickle. Uh, not in America. <laughs> Stephen has been subjected to the American thunder bastards. <laughs> so, he's kind of, yeah, he hasn't got any power, which makes it a little bit difficult to do the show. Uh, he made it to about, I think it was during Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler. So he'd seen most of the show, <laughs> which is, yeah, like, oh, yes, it's, it, it does suck that he wasn't able to do it. But that means that suddenly at 3.30 a.m., me, who half-watched <laughs> WWE Stomping Grounds, will now be doing Aftershock. This is my Aftershock debut. I always thought it'd be with Stephen Bell rather than just last-minute <laughs> jumping in with, like, no prep. I've not got any notes. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing this, so this could be really interesting. I say really interesting in a, for me, kind of way. I'm not sure how all the listeners are going to feel. <laughs> they click on Aftershock, and some people don't read the description. They'll read the headline and start and click on it, press play, and realise, oh, just an English chap who's half-knackered, only half-watched the show. <laughs> Wasn't really paying attention. Hasn't really done any prep or anything. Ah, oh, this will... This will be a fun one. <laughs> Hopefully I am live as well. Everything is telling me live. I'm just going to refresh the page to see. Can I hear myself talking? Is it all good? Nope, it's plenty of commercial. <laughs> I forgot that works. I forgot how the thing works. Uh, I'm assuming it's all good and fine and everything. I'm an idiot. Anyway, shall I actually talk about the show? That'd be great. Yes, as I said, it's 3.30. Let's see if I can do this before I die. So... Also, heed of warning, uh, I'm so unprepped and I've so randomly decided to do this last minute that my uh, drink is not a nice, quiet pint glass like I do for my normal shows on Thursdays here on Lots of Pain Radio. No, I've got a bottle of Buxton water, which means there's a thing on it. <laughs> Every time I go to drink, there is going to be noise and irritation. I do apologise. Again, this was a last minute decision. I was about to go to bed and I was like, no, for Steve's honour, <laughs> I should follow through and do this. <laughs> oh, right, I've accidentally opened Twitter on my phone, for God's sake. Right, so, WWE Stomping Grounds. So first off, I'm going to have to give a list of matches that I didn't really watch. And it wasn't out of disinterest or anything. It was a, I'm only half watching this pay-per-view, I'm doing other things. It is the middle of the night. It's a great time to get stuff done, like <laughs> between midnight and 4am. No one disturbs, disturbs you, gets in your way, you can get through all the shit you need to do. <laughs> but... Uh, that did result in me not really watching... So I didn't really watch Ricochet, Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Heavy Machinery, or Bailey versus Alexa Bliss, or really Roman Reigns during McIntyre. <laughs> oh, I've realised how much of the card I've only paid half attention to. <laughs> it's literally about five ma- four or five matches on the card. Uh, also, I didn't watch at all the uh, kickoff show, or pre-show, whatever it's called. So I didn't see Drew Gulak beating Tony Nese and Kiritazawa. Maybe it was good. The Cruiserweights normally bring it in the scenario, so I'm assuming it was a decent match. I might check that out at a later point. But yeah, no. Yeah, I didn't watch that. <laughs> so we're at a, in a situation where I've only properly watched like four of the matches and the other four uh, half saw them. This could be a quick one, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So let's get into it. Becky Lynch. Versus Lacey Evans opening the show in the first of the uh, kind of storyline around uh, where the stomping grounds was. Where was stomping grounds? It was in was it Tacoma, Washington. So the story of uh, stomping grounds really not selling well at all. Uh, during the day, they were giving out free tickets. 
so quite a few excited people were able to get free tickets. Um, it was apparently there was a report. Uh, one guy went to Reddit. I can't remember his name. That's really annoying. But he said that he got offered free uh, tickets, and what he told the guy was the guy said if, if he was interested in going to Stomping Grounds, he was saying, "Oh, I'm not gonna. I, I don't want to pay to see it. <laughs> like, I can't really afford to go." And they were like, "Oh, good for you. We're giving away free tickets." <laughs> so he immediately took to Reddit and was like, "I mean, I'm, I'm pumped to go." <laughs> so that's kind of cool to see for that fan. That's kind of lucky that that happened. However, like for the outside world that means oh yeah they were giving away free tickets because it was selling that badly so that's great <laughs> right. and I've also just realised the image I've used for this on Lords of Pain is the exact image used for the results oop <laughs> massive oops <laughs> again last minute I picked something I wasn't I wasn't planning on doing anything I picked it last minute but anyway so yeah it didn't sell, up, sell very well at all this is in the backdrop of the same week that AEW uh, sold out all out within 15 minutes I know this is a minor pay-per-view so it's more like if Fight for the Fallen or something like that oh, what is it though <laughs> the comparisons still don't quite work in my head but yeah it's in the backdrop of AW selling out essentially a massive building and WWE can't half fill a Tacoma Washington because the card's not exactly great apparently they moved it from somewhere as well so I don't know if that's had a, an effect as in like um not a, not a short-term shift to where it was, but as in the, on the original schedule, like for, from a year ago, whenever they publish it. This was meant to be somewhere else. I can't remember where it was, which is a, a big point. <laughs> I think it was a more wrestling-heavy city kind of thing. <sighs> well, yeah, so, so when it went live, the, the entire side, the entire camera side, sorry, was entirely curtained off. Uh, they'd, loads of people from the higher end were brought down to the main thing. So it, when they shot it, it looked pretty full. It was nowhere near as empty as some Smackdowns have been, for example. It was more full than that. I don't know if they give away free tickets to Smackdown, but they did for this one, and it did pad it out. It worked, and the fans were actually quite happy to be there, <laughs> which was nice. They were excited. They were enjoying the show. They popped for lots and lots of things as well. So they didn't do the TNA thing, where they got in just randoms. <laughs> just random people having to be at Universal Studios and don't know anything about wrestling and just put a body in there. <laughs> That's what TNA used to do. And it really hurt the shows. But this one is like they had the directive of at least give us wrestling fans who know the product or who would be excited to go there. And that's kind of how it felt as well. It felt like fans who wanted to be there, which is a major step up. So as for the actual show itself, there was that whole world of, is this a wake-up call that WWE are going to notice, essentially. As this could either work as a wake-up call, or they'll go, oh, we're not going to Tacoma again. <laughs> so it's either or. This show really did feel like they were trying. And that's... It's one of those things where it's like, that should be the minimal requirement. However, for me, <laughs> it, it felt like they are... I can feel that they are actively trying. They're putting in effort. They're trying out new things. They're giving mid-card wrestlers kind of character and stories to go with. They're building to Raw the next night to give kind of interest there as well. But it's it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's sort of thing which should be standard. But because the past like few years have degraded so much, it's like really it was before like this current era. It was an issue in the Cena era, really, where the mid-card were getting less and less for you to attach to. And then it really hit home with the Roman Reigns thing, where him trying to rise in that era, you saw the issues. And like now they're actually trying, which is nice. <laughs> uh, this show, if they do this, kind of uh, like giving effort to the lower card, or at least doing other things other than the same old WWE production, if they do stuff like they did in this show, where they showed... Uh, Ricochet coming back from the curtain, everybody clapping and celebrating it with, in Gorilla with him. Like that's something new. And then the, the photo shoot thing, which is something NXT do all the time, <laughs> but see it on the main roster. Like they're actually trying, they're giving effort, uh, trying to build the mid card up at, at least a bit. <laughs> like they showed a VTR promo for Mustafa Ali. Like when would they have ever done that? <laughs> like three months ago. <laughs> that's insane. To to think that that's a big thing though. It's like I'm talking about things that you would think would be standard. As in, don't they? What do you mean they don't normally try and make you care? It's like they, they, they just don't. <laughs> they just 
put out person. Like, hey, there you go. And that's kind of how it's felt for a while. This show felt like it was putting in actual effort to make you care. More than just short-term enjoy this person doing this thing. Which I have to commend. But it's one of those things where I shouldn't be commending it. This should be standard. <laughs> these are not things... These are not exceptional things. But that did mean that this show was good. And I was kind of... Ex- there was one of the, that was one of the two things I was expecting. I was expecting I have a defeated feeling card, which... If in real, realistically, that was never really going to happen. Or it felt like the talent was going to step up and like this is the wake-up call. We cannot keep going the same route here. But the wrestlers themselves have never been the issue. Whenever they've been called, like, this is not the first good pay-per-view in this era. Like in this era of like just really weird booking, they've put out r- numerous really good pay-per-views, or at least decent on the night and really enjoyable or just fun. Like, I personally enjoyed SummerSlam last year. Quite a few people didn't, but I was less involved in the product, which is the key thing. Right? If you've never listened to anything I've said or done before, that I stopped watching WWE after Bobby Lashley's sisters last year, and I didn't really tune back in until SummerSlam. I took the whole year off. I covered the G1 Climax for Laws of Pain.net. I, I zoned out of WWE, and I tuned back in for SummerSlam, and I enjoyed SummerSlam. I didn't know if that was partly because I wasn't invested in the outcomes, really. I was just enjoying a show, and as a show, it flowed from start to finish really well. Even though it was like five hours. God damn it, Vince. <laughs> but it flowed really well from start to finish. This one, kind of similar. I watched Raw last week, but I I, th- I guess since the Superstar shakeup, I've just zoned out. I've not really been paying attention. Yeah, I follow it on Twitter, and I watch Bray Wyatt on YouTube, but aside from that... Not really paying attention, not really invested, but I will know what's happening in the wrestling world. But yeah, this show, from start to finish, it did flow well. Again, apart from that middle section that I didn't really watch, (laughs) but it felt like, because I was watching the screen, I just wasn't really paying 100% attention, but it did feel like it was flowing well, Uh, because that's another key thing about this. Like early in the day, I tweeted at the Damien Impacat. You follow me on Twitter there, but without the stutter. <laughs> That's a good luck figuring out what I just said. I'm not going to repeat it because it's early. It can't be faked. <laughs> so anyway, with um, with, yeah. So with uh, the match, I was half paying attention, not really watching though. But the main thing was, I tweeted out that this was going to be a prime example as to why pay per views don't need to be four hours. What I meant was. They decreed last year that all pay-per-views are going to be four hours. And I was like, my God, that's just not going to... And this is a prime example of one of those pay-per-views that would be really fine in like a two and a half hour bubble. Like, There's no need to prolong anything. Just give them the time that they need and end it. Done. Don't overdo anything. Don't overproduce stuff. Uh, really, only one match tonight was overproduced. I guess what I saw of Reigns versus McIntyre with the Shane McMahon and stuff, I guess you could call that a little bit, but that... For me, that was the WWE match of the night until the main event kind of hit and it was kind of like some of the bad things about WWE. But this was a... It fit in the the card. The card had quite a good variety about it. And Reigns McIntyre was the... This is the WWE showcase kind of bollocks kind of match. And it fit in the variety of the card before like the steel cage match between Kingston and Dolph Ziggler, which was really good. Uh, yeah, it it was a... I enjoyed the show. But the main point being... It was only about 3 hours 10 minutes or so, or 3 hours 15, which was a welcome thing. <laughs> it was it was such a welcome surprise, really, because I was expecting it to be 4 hours, and I was expecting that final hour to drab on. Like, maybe there was a, what, one or two additional matches, what is, is kind of thing they were doing last year, but this year they held back. They didn't put the Raw Tag Team titles on, for example. There's no Women's Tag Team Championship, which... Both of those would have just bloated this card really weird. Like, it's only two matches, but that can turn a card. <laughs> I feel like that's been WWE's issue this past year with these smaller pay-per-views. Is there's good within them. They're just so long and bloated that it's hard to pay attention and stay hyped with that same attention for the entire time. This, though, three hours, wham, bam, done. Yes, it was a bit over three hours, and for me, that's what the four should really be for. To not use the word four too many times, but the different versions of it. <laughs> nice and confusing at 4 a.m. Uh, I've just buzzed. I haven't buzzed. God damn it. <laughs> oh, I'm going crazy at this earlier hour. But, but anyway, 
Oh, I'm losing the plot, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ah. uh, but yeah, three hours. Flowed really nice. Uh, it didn't overstay its welcome at all. It was nice and smooth. Perfectly fine. You have to see Kath's tweet. <laughs> well, this will be interesting. <laughs> yes, it will be interesting. I can feel myself dying. I've not talked about any of the matches yet. I should do that. <laughs> ah. But yeah, so general consensus, I enjoyed this card. However, I want to talk about the main event first to kind of just bash it out of the way because that'll be the main thing people are talking about. Uh, a nice thing ending it with Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch sat on the ring apron, just smiling all together. Becky Lynch with the cheeky butt pats. <laughs> Seth Rollins with the, ooh, <laughs> it was, it was a, I guess, a happy ending to what felt like a fun show by the end of it. Like, nothing exceptional, nothing to like, write home about, about something, an amazing show that you need to check out. It was just a solid show, which I'd say it was the same for Raw this week, which was nothing to write home about, but it was a solid show. Like, it flowed well. There was, they put out a decent product that was watchable. <laughs> and I'd say the exact same for this pay-per-view. This is not a pay-per-view where there's really anything on it where you need to go out of your way and immediately watch it. However, from start to finish, it was solid. And it kind of flew by. Three, uh, three hours, ten to three hours, fifteen minutes. Nothing really to complain about, I, I guess, apart from the main event. But, yeah. <laughs> but the issue with the main event was really the the massive angle taking part in it from a... My my brain would not shut off the entire time I was watching it. It's one of those where I was like, this is meant to be just like a fun show and this main event fits perfectly in B pay-per-view fun show. And yeah, it did. <laughs> it was the nonsense of the heel with getting the referee, the surprise referee, who turned out to be Lacey Evans, who's feuding with Becky Lynch's... Becky, with Seth Rollins' girlfriend, Becky Lynch. Oh, the, the, the crossover things there. Oh... Really, that builds to Becky Lynch coming out. The reason my brain wouldn't turn off was because as soon as Becky Lynch came out, I was like, oh, as soon as Lacey Evans came out, I was expecting Becky Lynch... I jumped the gun there. <laughs> I was expecting Becky Lynch to come out. But she didn't until like right at the end of the match where it was at peak. Oh, there's nothing Seth Rollins can do. It's just all too much. It's just too much. It was like it re- When it reached that point, that's when Becky Lynch came down. When, as soon as Lazy Evans came out, my expectation, like, my brain was like, oh, Becky Lynch is going to come out, like, now with a steel chair, and she's going to attack Lazy Evans with a steel chair, therefore she won't get to ref the match, and then we'll get a standard ref, or we'll get a, what the actual surprise referee is. But no, then the match just started, and there was no Becky Lynch, like, right until the, and then the entire match happened with all the shenanigans you would expect. <laughs> and then, uh, like, with Lacey Evans just adding rules because referees can do that in special guest referee matches. They, they, they can't do it normally. They just have to enforce the rules decreed upon them. But in a special guest referee, when they're a wrestler, oh, no, they can make them up on the spot and just put them in the match. That's that's how it works. If you've not followed WWE, that's how special guest referee matches work. They're more than just a referee. They suddenly get authority power somehow because because wrestling. I don't really know why. But it did, it did mean that the... Main event was that fun, shen- fun, silly shenanigans. I guess fun depends on your point of view. Like I found it fun in a silly way, but not in a good way. <laughs> like it was, I was, I was. It's just whenever she did the next things, like oh that builds to the next thing. Oh, and now there's nothing for Seth Rollins to do. Uh, it did cross the line into just making me laugh <laughs> when Lacey Evans low blowed Seth Rollins just to add to the. There's now absolutely nothing he can do. There's no disqualifications. The referee's low blowing him. Uh, Baron Corbin then hits the end of days, and it's just like, well, what is that? He's surely going to lose, and that's when Becky Lynch comes down and saves the day. But they had to cross a line where it made me laugh. <laughs> Which, yes, I was having a bit more fun. Then assuming lots of people on Twitter were complaining for what I could see. <laughs> they weren't really enjoying that main event, but I was having a laugh. I had fun with it. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I just described this show. You're not going to walk away from it amazed, but you, you'll have a fun time. And then the main event will hit, and the live crowd hated it when Lacey Evans came out. It's immediately turned on the match. They were booing it the entire time, called it, this is stupid. It's, it's, it's one of those things where watching it at home, it kind of worked in a silly wrestling kind of way. But 
if you were there live, I could see how you would be pissed. Uh, or if you were expecting anything big. Again, because I've not really been watching War or anything, and I saw this as, as a B-pay-per-view that's not selling very well. Like, piss off is Brock Lesnar coming out. <laughs> it's like, at the, in the, at the beginning of the show where Paul Heyman was saying, it was like, oh, that the, the, Kofi Kingston's here, he's a champion. Does that mean that Brock Lesnar could be here? Oh, Seth Rollins, he's WWE Universal Champion. Does that also mean Brock Lesnar could be here? And immediately I'm like, well, no, it's Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> Brock Lesnar's not there. <laughs> Just end off. There's no debate here. Like, like, why would Brock Lesnar not be here? Because it's Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> there we go. End of. End of discussion. So, the ma- the main event was silly, but it felt like... It fit the B-show kind of vibe, which this, this, this entire show had. Like, fun B-show. It's not this one that matters... Really, it's not the next one that matters. It's SummerSlam. They have, they have too many meaningless pay-per-views, really, WWE. Like, Extreme Rules is just the same here, but with Extreme Rules on it. So you're going to get Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans again. Oh, don't, oh, don't you worry. <laughs> you're getting that match again. You're going to get Seth Rollins, Bone Cut. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to sound as certain with that one, because this event sold so badly with this as the main event. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not Maybe not going to jump foot first into Rollins, Corbin continuing but that is the WWE way like if in the WWE world Seth Rollins Baron Corbin is going all the way to then when he shifts gears towards SummerSlam so you're getting it again <laughs> they can like with actual character work it won't be as bad like you'll have, they'll at least try and give you something to get invested in it's just it's still it's still this needs to be done before Baron Corbin is challenging for the top title which kind of adds to him not feeling like he deserves to be in this spot. Because, like, in terms of his character arc and what he's done to get here, he, the character hasn't. Like, just taking out all of his, like, whether you think his wrestling ability deserves to be showcased in the main event, his character, what has been written, has not earned this spot. <laughs> Therefore, it doesn't matter how great he wrestles. It, well, it, uh, that's not true, because he's seen Kevin Owens take on Cena and the way he wrestled really did <laughs> elevate him to that position. Well, probably the writing doesn't support where he's positioned on the card. And that's a long-term issue, which is why if the writing has taken a turn and they have taken this as a wake-up call, as like they cannot continue on the route they've been going, and this is more than just a one-week trip, because <laughs> that's my other fear. Yes, Raw was a decent show and that was watchable from start to finish. Yes, this pay-per-view was the same. But in WWE, they change things from week to week. <laughs> and sometimes, like, they drop things. Oh, what do I want to put on Twitter? Oh, it was something like uh, WWE drop things almost as much as a toddler holding a basket of fruit. <laughs> it's just like, they don't give a shit about that. Like, as soon as something else shiny grabs their attention, that those apples are rolling on the floor. <laughs> they do not care about them. Like, same with WWE. If something shiny and new, a new idea comes along, then this will be dropped or whatever. <laughs> like the weird mandate of uh, no wrestling allowed during uh, adverts anymore or advertisements in WWE. So that's why the main event was randomly a like three falls match just because they weren't going to have any wrestling during the matches so they did the pinfalls before the advert breaks and then didn't wrestle. They recuperated for five minutes. Yes, five minutes and then started again when we returned. Which means everyone's just standing around for five minutes. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's that's gonna like <laughs> take out the live crowd, right? <laughs> Surely they're gonna struggle to get immersed if it's constantly stop starting. It's a tangent. I can't do tangents. It's four a.m. <laughs> I need to blast through this. Ah. But yes, a fun main event that was again silly, fun, not enjoyable, kind of. Fun. However, yes. Yeah, so the eye issue was because my brain wouldn't turn off. I'm just waiting for Becky Lynch to come down, and when she didn't, I kind of just got bored with it and started checking Twitter I zoned out, wasn't paying attention when Baron Corbin was on top doing the I'm winning this because of the referee kind of world thing and nothing Seth Rollins can do <laughs> like whilst he's doing all that, I zoned out and I yeah, I was on Twitter checking everything, found out oh shit, Steve's internet's dead <laughs> so I was paying more attention to that than this match yeah, yeah, suddenly realising oh shit, am I going to have to go live? I'm not ready I've not watched the show really <laughs> I was going to play Crash Nitro Car while Steve was live uh, but yeah, Seth Seth Rollins' tweet didn't help either. So he was putting out the best pro, the best damn pro wrestling on the planet. Period was pretty much his tweet. I don't think I've said that perfectly right. But and then he kind of uh, doubled down on it today, 
It's like he doubled down on it, and this was the main event. Like, really? <laughs> this is the main event? Like, I don't know if he knew when he tweeted that that this was going to be the finish, but it's that, that this is not the kind of match you tweet that with. <laughs> like, up until this match, maybe it was, again, it was a solid card. There's nothing to go. Nothing to get angry over. Nothing really to go. To go. I loved it over, but the main event was just eh, and I zoned out. I stopped paying attention, and then Becky Lynch finally came down and did the angle I thought they'd do at the start of the match because <laughs> it just made sense that Becky Lynch would attack Lacey Evans. But they were going for that was the angle. The angle was what's it? Is Be- when's Becky Lynch going to come down and save Seth Rollins? That's why I'm surprised they didn't do it immediately. As in, that's what you expect. So. It's in this new age WWE, why not do that immediately? And just it's what the crowd are expecting, so just do it. <laughs> it's what the crowd wants, so just do it. <laughs> but yeah, they did it eventually. The crowd popped, and the crowd went. The crowd eventually went home happy. I'm assuming, excluding the fact that they were kind of just chanting boring CM Punk AEW like everything under the sun uh, Daniel Bryan got a chant as well that I'm assuming that means they enjoyed him earlier in the night <laughs> uh, somebody tweeted uh, that the the good news is with this show is that half the crowd can't ask for refunds because they're going for free <laughs> oh, uh, that was that made me laugh but yes the main event it was yeah <laughs> It was not the match which fit with Seth Rollins' tweets, and you might get some shit for that over the next 24 hours. I say 24 hours. Sometimes the internet holds a grudge for no reason. <laughs> the kind of thing. Like This is the kind of thing that the internet will hold and remind, constantly bring up uh, the scenarios where it doesn't really matter. But that's the internet. Mm. Yeah. He won't lift this one down, Seth. Tweeting about it's the best pro wrestling in the planet, and then the match he was in was... Uh. But for me, it's a prime example of the negative side of WWE. Where the wrestlers seemed to be doing the best they could with the shit they were given. And that created the... It's the issue of this is why I don't really watch WWE. Is that the wrestlers are fantastic. The roster is one of the best rosters they've ever had. But the creative side and the kind of booking in that way... It's at a peak worseness. Oh, that's a, that's a bad sentence structure at 4am. It's not... It's not good, <laughs> the creative side. And that's kind of letting them down, which is evident. And this match kind of felt like that. Like, when the wrestling takes over, WWE can kill it because they've got an amazing roster. But when the creative takes over, like in this kind of match, it's just not enjoyable and I zone out. <laughs> and evidently, with uh, kind of what we've seen from WWE's popularity, maybe quite a few people think the same. And a turn will eventually need to happen. Whether whether I was a bit sceptical whether we are seeing that happen, as in have WWE had a wake-up call and they are starting to change things now, or have they not had that wake-up call and they're not really going to get it until AEW launch when really there's competition. Suddenly they really understand that they've got to pick themselves up and change things. I don't know. <laughs> We're all assuming AEW will work and be a success, but in my happy world, both promotions are good. And I enjoy lots and lots of wrestling, and I don't ever go outside. <laughs> oh. Anyway, as I'm, talk- as I'm talking about Becky Lynch thing, the, her actual match with Lacey Evans, which kicked off the show, was a decent opener. And I don't really have much more to add to that. Uh, Le- Lacey Evans got a chance of You Can't Wrestle, which I thought was odd because she can wrestle. If you've seen someone who can't wrestle, you'll know it. <laughs> That's my kind of thing of um, when someone. Like, I watched Aquaman at the weekend. And the people saying that was awful. That's a really bad film. That's just, people don't know how to make films and made that film. It's like ah, uh, I when I, I did film production at uni, and when I did, they showed us actual bad films. <laughs> so when Lacey Evans gets chance of uh, you can't wrestle, or if I showed you somebody who genuinely couldn't wrestle, <laughs> I don't know if it would change your perception of what a bad wrestler is, but it's. Uh, my education certainly changed my perception of what a bad film is. <laughs> so, like with Aquaman, I was like, "Oh, it was, it was such a shit." There was nothing good about it, and I'm like, "Oh, I mean, they actually lit it good. <laughs> the, the CGI wasn't awful." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I can't, I can't rate it too low because on my scale, actual shit is <laughs> towards the bottom, where it's really like generally is bad." Aquaman had the budget for lighting, <laughs> therefore it can't be that low down. Uh, but yeah, 
so in that world, I live in a different world to a lot of other people that we've got. For some people, a film they don't enjoy, they don't enjoy, but yeah. For me, Lacey Evans can wrestle. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing that on my ratio of, uh, I may not enjoy her, but she at least has good lighting. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I mean it in a sense of, at least, like she is a good wrestler and she won over the crowd by the end of it, which is kind of a sign. That's kind of where the similarities between Lacey Evans and Aquaman end. <laughs> like she can actually wrestle and she won over the crowd by the end. Some people like Aquaman. What? Why? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, maybe that's what you're saying when I'm saying Lacey Evans is actually alright. I like her. <laughs> uh, also, her pay per view outfit is great. I think she had a different outfit for the last pay per view as well. And. They're awesome. <laughs> so, when I was making Lacey Evans' outfits, well, well, well done, bravo. But yeah, she won over the crowd, I guess, by the end of it, getting those ooh and ah, and the near film things, and by the end, the crowd pops huge for Becky Lynch, uh, snapping into the disarmor, and Lacey Evans tapping out immediately. Yes, it was a bit of a, uh, a thing of Lacey Evans had been working over Becky Lynch, and then, I think she'd been working over the kind of stomach area, and then... When I just need to adjust the microphone, Ugh. and then when sorry if that was too loud, <laughs> but yeah. So that when, then when uh, Lacey Evans went to hit a big move, uh, Becky Lynch was kind of just fine afterwards, and immediately got her submission in. It's like oh, okay, cool. Or maybe it was the knee, the leg. I think I seem to remember a leg thing. And then Lacey Evans did some. Then Becky Lynch got her knees up to block a move, and then immediately went to disarmor. Although that completely ignored <laughs> the work on the knee. But it popped the crowd. The actual flow of the match. It was the right thing to do, flow wise, not logic wise. Sometimes those two things clash, and they just went with the flow because it was a fun opener, which again fits into this show. It was fun. <laughs> Nothing amazing, just fun, solid, enjoyable, watchable. Which are all words that are nice to finally use again with WWE. This is the kind of this is the launching pad. <laughs> this is the state you kind of want to then build upon. Like they've stopped free falling essentially. If they do, if they continue like this, so if Raw tomorrow night or tonight for me because it's four a.m. If Raw tonight is watchable and decent, then that's two in a row. My God! But the issue with Raw has been inconsistency to like an extreme degree. <laughs> so if there's like more changes expected with Raw, it's just. Uh, like just take this, take a step back, <laughs> just wait. Like there's a reason I kind of have stepped back from WWE, and just the ever constantly changing canon <laughs> is part of it. Ah. Anyway, let's talk about the rest of this show because I need to finish and go to bed. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeated the New Day, Biggie and Javier Woods in 11 minutes and five seconds. It was a really fun match from the get go. So again, just if felt like WWE were taking this seriously I, I am going to miss a, a few of the backstage skits but I've kind of referenced them already like, I liked them they were good they added character you know, between the first match and the second match when the Mustafa Ali video played I was just like my god are they giving a mid-card wrestler actual character to make you care like my god is it finally happening <laughs> do they finally care about their characters like my god maybe I might watch Raw Smackdown in a month <laughs> in a few months or so when they've been doing this a while and they've, they've actually got character now so oh, it's nice to see if they keep this up that's, that's been the issue again they'll do something one week then just drop it and you'll never see it again like, oh, that's fine <laughs> but yes uh, Kevin Owens Sami Zayn and, uh, versus The New Day was a very very good match uh, Owens and Zayn immediately going after the uh, New Day guys uh, like Kevin Owens going mental <laughs> with hitting all of his big moves and he just couldn't put away Xavier Woods uh, they took out Big E early so he couldn't help them out and then just piled on Xavier Woods. He just wasn't dying down and eventually got the one of the hottest of hot tags as bringing Big E clean shop. And they kind of reversed that as well where uh, it was the, yes, the reverse because that's what reversing means. <laughs> uh, yeah, where Xavier Woods got the big tag and yes. But Big E felt like a beast during that match. Yeah, multiple German suplexes, multiple kind of... Uh, Huge big moves he got to do his splash without anyone getting the knees up, so that was a nice change. It did his spear through the ropes as well. It felt like, it felt like Biggie's just returned from an injury. This felt like it kind of, I guess, in the WWE canon, this is his first big performance since coming back from his injury, and this is, yeah, this is him going to town. <laughs> kind of like I'm back, motherfuckers. I don't want to say it. Why did I, why did I not want to say the F word? <laughs> My brain is weird at this time of night. Oh, I've also got an issue where I just can't say words, so that'll hit me eventually. <laughs> That's going to suddenly happen. 
But yes, very, very good match, this one. Uh, I don't really do star ratings. I do, did I enjoy it? And then like, I'll give a random tagline. Like, my, like my, I guess my rating for Raw was, it was watchable. <laughs> so, with the, so with this match, I'd say, oh, fast pass, fast, I can't really say. There we go, there's the, me not being able to say words thing. Fast-paced, really fun, enjoyable tag match. Pretty much sums it up. Like again, nothing absolutely special. I'm not going to rave about this match in a few weeks. I'm going to forget it by my end of year like match of the year kind of award stuff. But I really enjoyed it. A really fun match this one, especially as it was Owens and Zayn immediately got on the upper foot. So it was a new day fight from behind, and then they did fight from behind. Suddenly it's Owens and Sami Zayn on the back foot, and they, and they got the end where the momentum kind of sways back and forth really quickly. Like yes, that's a really well built match. <laughs> it's super fun to watch. So that oh, that was lovely. That was great. Next up, God, the lights coming outside. <laughs> Next up, uh, Ricochet defeats Mojo to become the new United States champion in twelve minutes. So this is where my kind of things I was doing start to kick off. So I've semi paid attention to this one. Wait and see. Wait and see. What, wait, yeah, I was gonna say, wait and see what I can remember. What I was actually doing was checking speaker to, to check my mic is actually working because I've had a few issues. Anyway, Ricochet did his flippy thing. Samoa Joe tried to cut off the flippy things. He did a decent job until a certain point. So the the idea I kind of like with the athletics guys is to not... Athletics guys. The athletic wrestlers like Ricochet do lots of flips and things. Um, It's when the kind of psychology comes into it. So if you can do the flips, that's cool. But if that's all you do, then I'm going to get bored of you relatively quick. But if you use those flips to tell the story, or at least get over the opposition as a beast or whatever... Then great, because Rick, again, Ricochet used his flips to get over Samoa Joe. Like, uh, with the... Samoa Joe catches his leg and then tries to flip Ricochet. But then Ricochet, in doing that, adds another spin and lands, like, on his back. <laughs> Just all crumpled up. <laughs> it's like, using your athleticism to make the other guy look like a beast. Also works in reverse, like Samoa Joe hits a German suplex. Which looks nasty and awesome to take down Ricochet. Next time he does it, Ricochet lands on his feet. So Ricochet is then learned from Samoa Joe's offence. I like that. As Smojo learns from Ricochet's offence, like catching him when he did the uh, handspring rebound and trying to go for a move. I don't know if he hit it earlier in the match because, again, I haven't really been paying attention. <laughs> but Smojo did catch him and then he was then going to go for the kill. <laughs> and it was Ricochet kind of narrowly escaping and then hit a massive move and was able to go to the top rope and hit an awesome whatever it's called <laughs> 630 780 I don't, I don't know the degrees by that point <laughs> like the three rotations and he landed perfectly on Samoa Joe it looked great just an awesome bounce off of him I don't know if that's great for Joe <laughs> but it looked fantastic and he won the United States Championship so good for him however on his entrance he mucked up the backflip off the ropes so that's going to piss him off tonight. Like, right now, he'll be pissed off that he didn't land that. <laughs> Even though he was the United States champion, that should override that. <laughs> Make it awesome. Uh, yes, so another really fun match, which got over both sets of people. My God, what is this madness? And it didn't end there. <laughs> so, Daniel Bryan and Rowan defeated Heavy Machinery, Otis and Tucker. And at this point in the show, I'm reaching prime, semi-paying attention. However... I could hear that the crowd were going mental for this match whilst I was talking to my brother kind of, yeah <laughs> semi watching it, semi not really watching it but Daniel Bryan was over as hell uh, Heavy Machinery, not really to start with but they did everything they could in this match to help get them over Like they gave them 15 minutes almost <laughs> which is, I would never have expected them to give them this amount of time Like my expectation was like Seven, maybe, maybe, yeah, half that time is what I was thinking. Like, you show off heavy machinery a little, and then Daniel Bryan and Rowan maybe just win, or you do the surprise title change because WWE. Like, that's what I was expecting from this, but no, they actually gave them the time to get themselves over, which is the first time since they debuted that heavy machinery have had that. Or, like, half the tag division. Like, the the Sanity. (laughs) Sanity never got that. They got disbanded, and now one of them's in an awesome tag team on NXT UK, and the other one is Hardcore Holly on Monday Night Raw. So, who knows what's happened to Killian Day? Or he got married to Nikki Cross, so Killian Day's living a good life anyway. (laughs) So, they've all ended up in different places. (laughs) Two-thirds of them in a happy world, and Eric Young is slowly turning into Hardcore Holly, who... 
doesn't care for anybody. <laughs> They've been burned too many times to love. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I'm going with my Eric Young fanfiction. Uh, but yes, this was a, from what I, could, what I saw of it, a really fun match. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan did an amazing job in getting over heavy machinery. Uh, Tucker was jumping about all over the place like a madman. Uh, they got over Otis's strengths, <laughs> which is awesome. Like, uh, I mean that literally as his strength. <laughs> like catching Rowan and slamming him about, countering Daniel Bryan as well. Now, Otis came across as a beast. And then, yeah, Tucker with his surprise athleticism. Because, again, he's not really showed that. It's been Otis has done the athletic stuff. And by athletic stuff, I mean the worm. <laughs> so I don't mean super athletic things. But, yeah, Tucker sent on everywhere. Like, kudos on you. <laughs> like, you all... Like, even Rowan was awesome in this match. Like, they did a really, really good job at just getting everybody invested and interested in a match which probably didn't have much interest and felt just as pre-show as Daniel Bryan and Rowan's last defence. So this was like no difference in the pre-show feeling. Oh, I'm gonna have to have a drink. But yeah, it was really really fun. Highly recommend you watch this one again. Nothing to make you go, oh my god, you have to see this. This is gonna be a match of the year kind of thing. But no, it was a really really fun match. A fit the like so far, I was really into the show. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention at this point because I wasn't planning on doing this. <laughs> but it was really enjoyable and highly. Recommend I've, I've already said that. <laughs> it's that point where I'm repeating what I'm saying because it's early and I'm just going to check Twitter to see if I've got any notifications. I don't need to do this live on air because <laughs> nobody gives a shit. Right, next up is where we get to the serious end of the show, I guess. Uh, Bailey versus Alexa Bliss, who has Nikki Cross by her side. Uh, Nikki Cross, the only time she came into play was when ba- when uh, she pushed Alexa Bliss out of the way and Bailey hit her with the kind of dive over the top. It was meant to be like the turning point of the match where Alexa Bliss then tries to capitalise and fails essentially. And Bailey's able to get the win off of the back of it. Uh, interestingly, it felt like they're trying to give little notions that Bailey might be a bit of a dick. Like just little tidbits, just little things, as in things she did during the match. And uh, the big one that stood out to me was when Alexa Bliss is pinned, Nikki Cross tries to go over to her, and Bailey does a little piss off kind of motion to her, like get get could you just like move away? This is my win, my moment kind of thing. Just a little nudge to her, which it was small enough to make it look like. It might not be part of the bigger picture, but in terms of trying to make fans think that Bailey might be a bit of a dick, that's a tiny detail, but really important, <laughs> really genius, just to show a small flicker of this person might actually be a bit of a dick when she's, uh, yeah, well, she, yeah, <laughs> just that over the like. This is my moment. Go piss off, Nikki. <laughs> kind of thing. Like it only lasted half a second, but that's a go kind of be a, a massive thing in kind of teaching your mind <laughs> that this woman might not be all she says she is and then when it happens it feels more organic that's my favourite thing with wrestling when it slowly changes and alters and builds and it feels organic when it happens rather than swerve <laughs> so yeah uh, but yeah the match itself was probably the one of the best Bailey Alexa Bliss matches which I feel like it's the kind of match we were expecting when they started feuding like two years ago I want to say and they had the really, really bad uh, Bailey, This Is Your Life stuff, and they went with the kendo stick on a pole or whatever it was called match. Yeah, that bollocks. Like, this is the match we probably were expecting and should have gotten. But it also advances the Bailey Alexa Bliss storyline, where my perfect ending is a double turn, but my WWE ending is no, Alexa Bliss was being a twat, <laughs> and Bailey is. Uh, she's a baby face, there's never anything wrong with her. She was just missing Sasha Banks or something, and Sasha Banks comes out, and they're all friends, they're all hug. She, yeah, Sasha doesn't go to AEW, she comes back and hugs Bailey. Yay! <laughs> Not that nonsense. Uh, but yeah, another decent match, which carried on the flow of the show really, really well. Uh, a, f- a fun show where no major thing has happened, but you enjoy it nonetheless. Enjoyable show. But then Roman Reigns' Drew McIntyre happened. And this was the first match I noticed on Twitter, which kind of started to divide people and. All three of the final matches kind of got a different vibe from different types of people. Like, I thought Reigns McIntyre was miles better than the WrestleMania match. Uh, this was the first one that started to show WWE production kind of interfering into the match. However, 
as I said earlier, in terms of the variety we'd seen on the show so far, it kind of worked for me. As in, as in I was watching it going, this is the WWE bollocks match. <laughs> as in, all of the WWE bollocks packed into one match. <laughs> this is the, all the stuff that they love. This is here. It's like the Vince McMahon Shane McMahon of WrestleMania 17. Packed into all packed into one match instead of just spurting out all over the card. Like it's all here. And for me, in terms of card variety, that works for me. <laughs> so I was fine with this match. Again, I'm still in my kind of peak, not really paying attention. So I obviously missed a lot of the slower parts. However, what I did see, thumbs up. Yeah, both guys did a much, much better job. They advanced the storyline. I may not care for the storyline, but I can at least admit that they advanced it semi-decently. But it's one of those things where I do not care how well you advance this. You're doing a Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon story where there's a likely chance Shane McMahon becomes champion. None of this should be happening. (laughs) So I'm not going to get invested. Because I just can't do it. I just don't care. (laughs) I'm immediately, again, my brain won't turn off. And all I will be constantly thinking is, I just don't care about Shane McMahon. He should never be... just. If they'd done his entire storyline with somebody else, (laughs) I would be fine with it. Does any modern wrestler... Does anybody... (laughs) And they could have been building it for ages. Which, uh, yeah. It's a different rant for a different time. <laughs> but yeah, Drew McIntyre put on decent display. Uh, Roman Reigns also felt like this was his best match since his return. Again, it's not been that long, but this was yeah, by far his best match since his return. Uh, their timing was on point, which for a lot of the spots really, really helped to make the, some of the moves look devastating. Like Roman Reigns leaping over the barricade, which is impressive. And then Drew McIntyre catches him with a forearm. <laughs> like, that was so perfectly timed. Uh, and later in the match where Drew McIntyre jumped off the top rope and Roman Reigns caught him with Superman Punch, it was almost perfectly timed. It was it was one of those where the momentum of the match carried just because both men seemingly timed everything to perfection and the flow and momentum of the match never really slowed down. It just built and built and built and built until Roman Reigns hit that final spear and got the win on McIntyre. So yeah, it was, again, nothing amazing, nothing special. However... It was perfectly watchable. It was perfectly competent. The momentum built well. And the crowd were making nice noise <laughs> towards the end of it. Which is normally a sign whether you've lost them or not. Like, Reigns, McIntyre at WrestleMania lost them. They were dead. They were done. They didn't really care. They might have been dead beforehand. But they just didn't care for that match at WrestleMania. Here, yeah, they all fought it when that pinfall was counted. Which is a sign they did something right. So yeah, and I, and I enjoyed it for what it was. Again, it's not my most favourite thing in the world, the kind of WWE nonsense kind of matches, but it was enjoyable and fun. Again, it was watchable. <laughs> so if you like that kind of match, you would enjoy this one because it's a great example of it. It's just that, yeah, I wasn't really paying attention and it's not really my kind of thing anyway. But yes, both guys put on a decent showing and it furthered Reigns McIntyre. Which because I was saying on my show on Thursday that I really liked the image of McIntyre with the revival. If you just if you just replaced Shane McMahon with anybody, I would really be digging where they're going with that kind of like loose stable kind of thing. But with 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 the storyline being Roman Reigns versus Shane McIntyre, Shane McMahon, I just can't get into it. <laughs> I just can't do it. This is not happening. And finally, the final match to talk about. The steel cage of Kofi Kingston defending against Dolph Ziggler with constantly trying to escape the cage. Uh, apparently with the reasoning being that... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But apparently the reasoning... It was, shit, how much chase... How much... <laughs> I've only just checked the chat. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Oh. <laughs> I've just seen all of your comments, uh, Grimace. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll actually I'll address those after I've done the show it'll be a nice little profile thing after I've talked about this yeah so any further comments do put them in the comments I've just checked them and I've perfectly just said I'm going to check them <laughs> so if you type anything into the comments that's the speech bubble on the lots of pay thing you can, there. You can also tweet me at the damn implicat uh, I won't promise I'll see those <laughs> but maybe later maybe I'll just have my own show but yeah uh, Kobe King to Dolph Ziggler this was pretty Again, another pretty fun match, which was nothing amazing to write home about, but it was perfectly competent in its own right. Uh, again, it, it built really well, uh, it, especially to the end of... Uh, Kofi Kingston had chosen not to climb over the steel cage and instead jump on Dolph Ziggler. Uh, and I liked how they proved that when given the opportunity, Dolph Ziggler did not pay him in kind. He, he was like, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> Tried to jump over the top. It may not have uh, worked for Dolph in the end, 
But I liked the way that that built and it did all that. Uh, oh yeah, I was saying the reasoning was in steel gauge and I got distracted by the chat. So, uh, the reasoning being that the New Day interfered in the last match and Dolph Ziggler, with his kind of moany kind of thing, got it in the steel cage. So, hooray! <laughs> that's the reasoning for that. Probably didn't need to come back for that. It's not that big <laughs> or important. Uh, but the whole storyline of Dolph Ziggler going, it should have been me, like, who got Kofi Kingston's spot, or like the years of hard work but not never really paying off. It's a little bit different because Dolph Ziggler has had multiple world title matches. But yeah, it, it kind of works in a weird heel kind of way, even if you've seen this act from Dolph Ziggler so much. And I kind of liked the way they were going with him last year. Like Ziggler and McIntyre felt like a perfect way where you could kind of push away Dolph Ziggler and kind of give some of that momentum to Drew McIntyre. And the duo worked really, really well. But then they did a weird turn and Dolph Ziggler became a face and he got a crap rumble pop for the second year in a row. <laughs> that man cannot do rumble pops. <laughs> but yeah, Dolph Ziggler, I'm kind of bored of his character now. Uh, again, I'm not really watching WWE so I don't really know what where Dolph Ziggler like, if people really are behind him but my feeling was this will be a good match, it, I just won't be that interested in the characters. But they told a good enough story in the match where that I was never really thinking that. It was all about... Uh, the, the elevation of what was happening in the cage, which is really what it should be. <laughs> they told a really good story. And by the end, he felt like, how we are either of these guys going to escape? Especially when Dolph Ziggler... It looks like Dolph Ziggler's got the advantage, but he's essentially out, and Kofi Kingston is not in a great position either, with Dolph Ziggler draped over the rope. And then Kofi Kingston launches himself with a suicide dive in an awesome spot. <laughs> launched himself with a suicide dive right over uh, Dolph Ziggler and splat onto the floor. <laughs> the slow motion looked brilliant <laughs> for this one. Uh, but yeah, and then he won and then the New Day came down and celebrating and yay. Because I didn't know whether the building to Kofi Kingston winning by pinfall, as in like the honourable champion was able to defeat the villain with valour, that's the word I'm looking for. But no, he actually, he just outsmarted him and won in the end. Like He, he capitalised on the situation, which shows versatility to him. Because Kofi Kingston has been booked as a strong champion, which was really necessary, because my worry was they'd Rey Mysterio him, and he would just, yeah, like, yes, he's champion, but he won't be booked like a strong champion, but he has been, and that's been fantastic to see. And it, yes, it's yeah, it's a nice change of pace. It's enjoyable. <laughs> An enjoyable reign, which then questions... It's one of those things where you see all of the list of the champions, and it's like, well, you've got all these guys that you like, how come you can still complaining? It's like, well... The context still matters. The quality of the writing still matters. You can't just give me the what and I'll give a crap. That brings me back to Aquaman. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say any more. <laughs> but yeah, you can give me lots of what, which you would think I would love and be cool. Like, what do you mean, an army of blokes riding seahorses? That sounds dope. <laughs> but then I watched it. It's like uh, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, the quality of the writing still matters. And uh, yeah, but Kofi Kingston has been booked well. I'm not saying WWE are doing nothing right. <laughs> they've, they've done Kofi Kingston right. Uh, I'm really impressed with where they've gone with this. And he's getting more and more popular. Uh, the video they showed with him in Ghana was an amazing kind of moment, especially building the character of the champion. He's starting to more and more feel like a champion, which is kind of to my detriment because I'm not watching SmackDown enough to truly feel it. But I can see it enough on social media that yeah, what they are doing to, Kofi, to the Kofi Kingston character is good, and he feels like a champion. Right, to end the show, I am going to look at these messages on the chat before I drift off to bed. Uh, it's half past four. I wasn't Again, I wasn't planning to watch the show tonight, and then, uh, then I thought I'd help out Steve. Then he lost power, so suddenly, from not staying up, I'm doing a live show. <laughs> so that was really random. Ah. Uh. So, enjoy my Aftershock debut. I did Kath, I think. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till I see it tomorrow. <laughs> see it uh, so, then the list from Grimace. I thought it was horrible. The pay-per-views are seriously the same as Monday Night Raw. Day in and day out, it's horrible. Seth Rollins' match was horrific. It was boring. It's same shit over and over. I love when the fans were chanting, boring and AEW. They had to make it a D- no DQ first. <laughs> ah. Is it? Yeah. I think I did say in my Seth Rollins one, it was a long time ago for me <laughs> when I started this show. Uh, I think I did say that I could easily see like you're not enjoying the main event if you weren't me 
in a like three AM delirious silly kind of laughing at it kind of way. Like if you were invested in the storyline and really expecting something awesome from it, yeah, I could say you'd be disappointed <laughs> in that. Especially they were building it up throughout the night and building it up through all through Monday Night Raw. I was like, oh, have they got anyone? No. <laughs> I can I can uh, appreciate that they did the build well on Raw and they continued it well on this show, but they still had the same issue of when they started the storyline that they had no clear. They didn't know where they were going with it. They did not know who the special guest referee was going to be. That's that's my that's my <laughs> that's my kind of feeling from this. Like they may have recently, may in quotation marks, have recently kind of taken a turn and started taking things more seriously, but that hadn't happened when they started this storyline where they had no idea where it was going. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we got Lacey Evans, which at least has some narrative tie, but it felt like a Monday Night Raw thing, and really this this kind of changed the show for me from being a really fun kind of B plus show to a really fun C plus show in terms of. It, yeah, it went from being really, really fun, you, you will enjoy this if you watch it from start to finish, to kind of competent B-show that you don't really need to watch. That's kind of what it felt like. It felt like a lesser show by the time it had finished rather than a fun, competent show. So that was... That's kind of my consensus of it. So kind of, it, it felt like a special Raw where they'd done this and the crowd are perfectly happy at the end of a Raw show, not a pay-per-view. But I have kind of been calling for them not to make every single pay-per-view a must-be, most important thing in the world. Like, kind of take a, take a step back and you can use these smaller pay-per-views to build character and things. Instead of, no, next epic clash, next epic clash, next epic clash. <laughs> like, just take take a step away. Build the characters. But they're not doing that on Raw anyway, so that was a, quite a lot to ask. But they did a decent job on this one. They actually did build some characters. They showed people backstage. They... They moved things on to Monday Night Raw. We're getting AJ Styles Ricochet tonight. So, well done them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that brings me to the end of my Aftershock debut. My on-the-cuff decision to do an Aftershock debut. It's not as long as Steve's, because it's not 4am for Steve. <laughs> and I'm assuming he watched those mid-card matches and <laughs> could actually say stuff about them a lot more than I did. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, I've already given my review for the like end of the show. Uh I haven't got a theme tune here, so it's going to, weirdly, I've got sound effects. I think I could play in applause. I don't know how loud it'll be. I'll turn it down a little. <laughs> so I've got, I've got sound effects here. I might just play a sound effect and Steve can be pissed <laughs> that I played a sound effect on his show. Uh, anyway, uh, you can listen to me every Thursday on uh, the Imps LOP Radio Adventure. Uh, I'm often live at 8... Uh, 8 Eastern Time, 1am uh, GMT. Uh, sometimes I record it because I can't be asked to stay up till 3am. But yes, I'm live every Thursday. Uh, but please do check out the other shows on Lords of Pain Radio. I haven't got the list up because, again, this is off the cuff. Uh, where's my list? Here we go. So, uh, Monday nights is Kingdom of Honor with Jam Man and his friend Jeff talking about a Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling and MLW and whatever. Uh, Tuesdays is the global revolution for the wider wrestling world, such as Germany, the rest of Europe, and whatever random stuff they're watching that week. Uh, Wednesdays is Samuel Plan's Sports Entertainment is Dead with a performance art look at modern day uh, wrestling. It used to be WWE, but they've broken him. <laughs> uh, Thursdays is me. I can't remember what I'm doing this week. Oh, uh, Fighter Fest preview. Yes. Uh, it's not free for me, it's eight quid, which I think would be like six five, six dollars, maybe less than that, four dollars maybe. So like it's really not expensive. <laughs> it's, it's not free, but like it's fine, it's not any much at all. Uh Fridays is the Vice of the Pond with Mav Plan and Mazza, more British folk. Uh Saturdays is all about All Elite. They're talking about All Elite Wrestling, which has now started, so they've got actual content <laughs> to talk about rather than rumours for two, three hours. Yeah, they are taking a break off this week. They had one off uh, last night as well on Saturday. But they will be back the week after with their Fighter Fest re- uh, review. So look forward to that. And then that's that. Uh, thank you for listening. I know I'm not Steve. I know I'm a, a lot more English and I've not got the smooth southern drawl. <laughs> uh, but hopefully this was enough for you to fall asleep too gently after uh, if, what it's called. Stomping grounds. I'm tired. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Ah. Uh, please do listen to uh, 
Laws of Pay Radio when Steve he will be hopefully back at some point. Maybe the next pay per view depends on his free time. He is a very very busy man if you know if you listen to any of his shows. But yes, thank you for listening to me instead. And with that, I bid you adieu with this random sound effect, <laughs> which I don't know if you. I think you won't hear it. I've not played this before, so I don't know what I'm signing off with. Right, and with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Oh, it's legit just like a little shitty applause. (laughs) Oh, anyway, right. Adios.